Slice Audio. On episode eight of Bounce from the Roadhouse, Amy is all alone. <laughs> what are the scariest movies ranked by heart rate? What does the U.S. fear the most? Underground flying squirrels, an awesome Arizona NASA mission, embarrassing moments with Amy since <clears throat> Brandon's gone, a blind date with 23 family members, and naked photos may be online of you and you just don't know it. And you may not even have posed for them. Also, a political sign thief, Canadian hangover cure, COVID is getting personal, ironclad beetles, local mysteries unsolved, and we'll end with a good feel moment. Leave a review and some stars, and subscribe. Bounce from the Roadhouse! Now, you gotta have your scary movies ready for Halloween. A lot of people aren't going to parties, they're gonna be staying home watching movies. You gotta be prepared here. And the best scary movies... They will make your heart pound. They did research on this. Somebody (laughs) spent time on this. I'm glad they did, though. They ranked the scariest horror movies of all time by monitoring average heart rates while people watched them. The experts are saying they had 50 people watch 100 hours of horror films, and they found the 35 scariest films of all time. The number one, 2012 film Sinister. I've never seen it. I don't know if I want to. <laughs> 2012 Sinister, if you want the scariest movie for Halloween. Now, people, they started out with 65 beats per minute. They were jumping up to 133 beats per minute watching that one. So maybe, uh, I don't know, my iWatch might call the, the ambulance on that one. I don't know. Be careful if you have an eye watch on. <laughs> Next on the list was Insidious. There's also The Conjuring, Hereditary, Paranormal Activity, The Exorcist, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Ooh, that that movie right there. I watched it once, and I'll never watch it again, especially since it's true. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, no spank you. Not seeing that again. So, again, a lot of people are going to be staying home for Halloween. And they need those scary movies on hand, especially if you're going to have that special someone over and you want them to jump over and hold on to you because they're scared. You need to get the movie Sinister. Okay, you're welcome. You're welcome. Everybody's scared. It's normal this time of year to talk about being scared. Although this year, it's been all year long. It's a permanent thing. They did a study. They looked at Google data to figure out what people in every state fear the most and overall the most common fear in this country is anthropophobia what the heck is that well i looked it up it's the fear of other people the number of searches for that fear is up 500 percent from last year and peaked in mid-april so yeah we're pretty sure it's coronavirus related there's plenty of other pandemic related fears that won different states this year too including fears of being alone the outside and germs last year the most common fear was aviophobia it's the fear of flying people don't have to do it as much so that's gone down although it's still number one in seven states and finally a quick shout out to people in montana new hampshire who are still keeping it real with classic old school fear they're all still afraid of clowns what is south dakota south dakota we're one of them we're afraid of people yeah we're i think it's because of the tourist season like when I saw like out-of-state plates during tour season, I was like, I'm going to take the other street because I didn't even want to drive behind them. I didn't want to get sick. Who knows? Who knows? But it wasn't that bad. It was-
wasn't that bad at all. Wear your chin diaper, you'll be fine. Stories like this, they make you wonder how many black markets for totally random things are operating anywhere at any given moment. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation, they wrapped up a 19-month investigation yesterday. They spent 19 months investigating this. Are you ready for this? A million-dollar flying squirrel trafficking ring. (laughs) There's seven guys in this area of Florida who are trapping flying squirrels, which is illegal because they're a protected species. Then they would sell them to dealers in Florida and Georgia, and they would find buyers in South Korea and claim the squirrels were illegally raised. The buyers would fly to Florida, then drive the squirrels to Chicago before they flew them to their new home. Wow, there's a lot of steps in this. And the guys caught about 36,000 flying squirrels in three years with a retail value of $1 million. There's seven guys that have been arrested so far. More arrests are coming. And there's mug shots of these guys. And you know, they kind of look like flying squirrels themselves. I'm kind of proud of this because I'm from Arizona and I love space stuff. So imagine parallel parking a 15-passenger van into two to three parking spaces that are surrounded by two-story boulders. Well, yesterday, a University of Arizona-led NASA mission that's been in the making for 16 years, they're going to attempt something pretty crazy more than 200 million miles away. This NASA mission, it is called OSIRIS-REx. They're going to attempt to touch the surface of an asteroid and collect some loose rubble that are on it. That's on it. OSIRIS-REx is the United States' first asteroid sample return mission. They want to collect and carry this perfect sample that's unaltered back to Earth and study it. And this spacecraft will attempt to touch the surface of this asteroid called Bennu which is hurtling through space at 63,000 miles per hour. What do you think they're going to find? Are they going to find that the same samples that are in that asteroid are in the ocean? Or maybe a bunch of spiders. Like, I think spiders came from outer space because they're so incredibly disgusting. I mean, it's, it's just horrible that somebody would create something so nasty as a spider. I think the only way they got here is from an asteroid. It has to be. It has to be. Just wait. I bet I'm right. Embarrassing moments with Amy. It's supposed to be embarrassing moments with Brandon, but he's not here. I was in New Orleans during Mardi Gras, and back in my day, the cool way to dance was to dance, go down in the squatting position, and then come back up. It was cool. And it was very cool if you stood down there longer and then came back up. So I was wearing a very tight jean skirt when I was doing this. What happened when I did my little squatty squat dance down? Was it A, my skirt split right up the back? Was it B, I fell over, knocked a bunch of people over on top of me? Or C, I wasn't able to get back up? We got Rihanna on the phone. Is it A? The split up the back? Yes, you are correct. My jean skirt split right up the back, 
and I was not wearing granny panties. I was oh. wearing a thong. <laughs> and I don't have the smallest rear end. <laughs> and I was so intoxicated that I didn't realize that I could have turned my skirt to the side. <laughs> Instead, I walked out of the bar and all the way back to my hotel room with the skirt split up the back <laughs> with a very giant booty sticking out the back of it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Had to walk through downtown of New Orleans, friend walking behind me laughing hysterically. Neither one of us had the idea to turn the skirt to the side. I even had to, like, side shuffle through the lobby of the ho- this fancy hotel I was staying in. There was a mirror behind me, so the front desk saw, and they started laughing. Then, of course, people got in the elevator. People got in the elevator with us as well. Finally got back up to the room and changed and went back out and continued my squat dancing. There you go. Rhiannon, she won $20 to Dick and Jane's, and you can too. Every Wednesday, it's embarrassing moments. This is crazy. Two people in their 20s recently got fixed up on this blind date, and the guy offered to pay for dinner. So listen to what this woman did. She showed up at the restaurant with 23 of her family members. She wanted to test his generosity to see if he'd pay for everyone. And the answer was, O-H-E double hockey sticks, no. The bill was $3,000. The guy got the bill, excused himself, and then he dashed out of the restaurant and the woman got stuck with the entire bill. They've been in touch since then and the guy has agreed to pay for his share, but the woman and her family are still... (laughs) (laughs) They're still on the hook for the rest of the bill. Well, that's what you get, lady. You didn't even warn him. You didn't even let him go out and get a loan to help pay for this. $3,000. 23 family members. Wow. Do you think he will ask her out for a second date? Well, this is interesting. I like it. Don't like it. Naked photos of you could be circulating on the Internet, even if you never took off your clothes and had your picture taken. Investigators with security specialist Sensity on Tuesday, they revealed they've discovered a deep fake bot. It's used artificial intelligence to strip the clothes off women on the messaging app Telegram. It says, today we go public with the findings of a new investigation. Early this year, we uncovered a new deep fake bot on, on Telegram, an evolution of the infamous Deep Nude from 2019, which undressed at least 100,000 women without their knowledge. How is it even possible? Investigators say the actual number of women who have been undressed by the app and shared publicly is 104,852, but there's likely more. Here's the thing. When you take the clothes off the woman, it's not a real body. So maybe I do want this. It's probably a lot better than what's really under there, you know what I mean? I was sharing the update on the political sign that's over here by our studio. Every day there's (laughs) like something wrong with it. It's this big sign as I'm driving to work And all of a sudden, one day, it was, like, chopped in half. And then the next day, some people, like, 
hammered it back together or something, taped it something. And then somebody destroyed it again. They chopped it in half, and they even took some of the pieces so they could put it back together. This has been so fun to watch. And then the next day, they came with a bunch of little signs and put it all over the big sign. But get this. A man was caught on camera stealing a Biden-Harris campaign sign from somebody's front yard over the weekend. Why are people doing this? Why? Why do you care so much? Just do what you do. Don't worry about what other people are doing. Are you, like, jealous that they have the other person's sign in in their yard? What's going on? But this was, of course, caught on video. You can't do anything these days without being caught on video, okay? Ring doorbells are everywhere. And it shows this guy walking up from some darkness. He was in the shadows, okay? (laughs) He grabs this sign out of the ground and disappears into the moonlight. But he was naked. He was naked while he did this. Why? Why are you naked? That's the real question. That's what I care more about than him stealing the sign. The neighbor eventually found the sign. It was like two streets over, and he put it back. So the video is not very fun to watch either, because you know to get a sign out of the ground, you, you have to uh, you have to bend over, and you know that was just wrong to catch that on on camera. Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) I'm not sure this meal worked as a hangover cure, but this woman in Toronto, she was very, very hungover last weekend. She ordered some McDonald's delivery, and she likes to modify these burgers. You know, I used to hate going to McDonald's with my brother because he'd be like, yeah, I would like two cheeseburgers with two slices of cheese, no ketchup, no mustard, no onion, extra pickles, you know, and add some lettuce. So it'll like take forever to get food with him. And I guess she's like this too. She likes to modify those burgers. But she somehow went way too far with these modifications. And she asked for no bun, mustard, onions, pickles, or patty. She didn't want any of that. So McDonald's delivered her a container with the only ingredient that would be left, two packets of ketchup. And yes, she paid full price for this burger. (laughs) And now they took a picture of this and it's gone viral all over social media, of course. It shows the receipt and it says, hamburger, no bun, no mustard, no onion, no pickles, no patty, just just ketchup. Normally those ketchup things are free, aren't they? And she paid full price for that. Wow. She must have still been drunk. You know when you have, like, way too much to drink and you wake up and you're like, I'm still drunk. Yep, that must have been her. Boy, you know, there's some insects out there that are pretty crazy. You know, I'm the insect that I'm scared of the most, of course, is the spider, and that's no secret. But also the cockroach. The, I've, I've lost sleep over cockroaches. When I lived in Arizona... I used to cover up the drains in the bathrooms with cups, and sometimes you would hear that cup move. These things are crazy. And this thing doesn't seem too far from it. They found a mystery bug. It's got one of the coolest names ever. Whoever got to name this, you're so lucky. It's called the Diabolical Ironclad Beetle. It's got one of the toughest natural exoskeletons that they've ever seen. And according to their research, the armor that this bug has on 
is so durable that they don't think it's ever been made a meal of. Like nobody, nothing's ever eaten these things. There's no way it's possible. They'd have to like swallow it whole. Maybe that's happened. And it can even survive. Get this. This beetle can survive being run over by a car. Where do we get this armor? Can we like get a bunch of these beetles and like tape it together and wear it? <laughs> yeah, I'm no scientist. Wow. They have to drill a hole into this thing just to see inside it. The picture, you can tell this thing is strong. In some of the compression tests, they found that this beetle can withstand a force of about 39,000 times its body weight. That's like a 200-pound man, 200-pound man, taking on the weight of 7.8 million pounds. That's huge. I think we need to put this thing up against one of those murder hornets. Local Mysteries Unsolved. On December 12, 1992, Arnold and girlfriend Ruby were driving near Lake Andes with Ruby's cousin Tina. They were involved in a horrible accident, a rollover into the ditch. While Tina was found in the car and later rescued by paramedics, it appears that Arnold and Ruby escaped the car, closing the door behind them. Arnold and Ruby were nowhere to be found after the accident. Months went by with no signs of them. According to their cousin Tina, they'd all been drinking that night. And on a dark winter's night, a wreck was not that surprising. But what happened after the crash is where things get unusual. They had left Tina behind and didn't even try to rescue her. They just sort of disappeared. A search was conducted through the night, but nothing was found. Questions began to circulate. Why had they left Tina behind and where did they go? In March of 1993, in the still thawing ditch, not far from the site of the crash, a passing driver saw a frozen body. This body was Ruby. By now, it had decomposed a far amount. What was odd about it was that her glasses and her shoes were nowhere to be found, but her clothes were completely intact. Strange. By noon the next day, the police who were called onto the scene had discovered another body. It was Arnold's. But his body was in a completely different condition than Ruby's. His was described as much more fresh. None of his body was frozen to the ground like Ruby's, and his skin color was described as relatively normal. The assumption before was that they must have died in and around the same time after the crash, but this completely threw the theory off. Why was Arnold's body much less decomposed than hers? A witness claimed that he had seen Arnold a few months after the wreck at a New Year's Eve party. A polygraph test proved later that the witness wasn't lying. Two men had also been seen near the ditch just hours before the bodies were discovered, and they were never found or questioned. It's hard to say exactly what foul play may have happened and why. The FBI closed the case in 1999, stating that it was simply an accident. After all, both bodies have been ruled to have died from exposure after their autopsies. We will never really know what happened, but even now, 20 years later, it is still a case of speculation. Local Mysteries Unsolved. Like to share my personal experience with COVID 19 with you. I have not been taking it serious enough. I mean, it's really hit me hard this week because my dad tested positive for COVID 19. We found out yesterday. Um, my uncle passed away last week, and so my mom and dad and I hopped in the car for his memorial. We drove out to Belfouche Friday, and I wore my mask the entire time. There, you know, the crowd started getting a little big, so I put my mask on. And my parents put theirs on too, but my dad kept taking his off. And my mom was taking hers off and on, and they were like, it's too late to put it on now. And I was like, no, it's not. 
but I'm fine. And my dad started getting symptoms earlier in the week. My mom did too. So they went and got tested. And my dad tested positive and my mom didn't. But my mom still feels some symptoms. So she's probably going to get tested again if those symptoms don't go away. But my dad has like a mild sore throat. He's coughing. He's achy. He's tired. And then my mom is a little different. She's got like an upset stomach. She's tired, achy. Um, so it's a little different. It's, it's kind of strange. But it really hit me hard this week. Protect your parents. Help them out. Don't let them go out of the house right now. The way it is right here in this area, don't let them go anywhere. You know, and then there's my grandmother who's 84 years old and they just found a mass on her pancreas. Man, she cannot get this virus, you know, with her being sick like that. And she's supposed to go to Mayo next week to get that removed. So we're like keeping her in a bubble, not letting her leave the house, barely letting her breathe the air outside at this point. But the worst part of this whole thing is I can't go over there and help my parents. That is the worst part of this whole thing. It's horrible. I sent them some dinner last night. I ordered some some food for them, so that made me feel a little bit better. But when your parents get this, you know, at the age of 68, and you know there's other people out there that haven't survived at that age, that gives me quite the nod in my stomach. Tell your parents you love them. Tell your grandparents you love them. Protect them. Keep in touch with them every day. Ah, uh, a good feel moment. It pulls at your heartstrings kind of moment. Well, this gentleman, his name is Sean Howard. He was hunting in Maine eight years ago, and he lost his ring. He had given up hope of ever seeing that ring again. He couldn't find it anywhere. Until recently. Remember, this is eight years later. He was on Facebook. He was on Maine's Moose Hunting Group on Facebook, and he saw a post. A fellow hunter had found the ring in the same area. And so Howard identified the ring because there was an engraving on it. And it was returned to him, coincidentally, on the day of him and his wife's 19th anniversary. Wow. That guy who found that wedding ring, he could have taken it to you know a pawn shop he could have melted it down and cashed in the gold but no he knew what it meant and so he wanted to find the owner of it and all because he did that they got to celebrate a very nice 19th wedding anniversary with the return of his ring all because one man did a good deed that's awesome there's good people out there not everything is ugly if you have a good feeling story like this, whether it's local, worldwide, it doesn't matter. We want to hear about it so we can share it with people because people need these stories right now. If you have one, email it to goodfeelmoments at catradio.com. Goodfeelmoments at catradio.com. Bounced from the Roadhouse is hosted by Amy Rose and Brandon Jones. Produced by Mark Houston. Engineered by Chris Jacquez. Audio and video mastered by Russ Haddon. If you liked what you heard, please rate it five stars and leave a comment.